Pro fans all over the world, we welcome you to the Pro Fan Arena where prolific sports fandom, a desire for wisdom in life and work, for the purpose of glorifying God through our gifts and talents, all rumble together. Thank you for joining us. Now introducing your starting lineup. Standing five feet nine from the University of Take Responsibility, playing the position of Chief Encourager, your host, the founder of Pro Fan League, the Pro Fan, Bradley Gibbs! Welcome in to the Pro Fan League Arena. Happy Friday. Let's get it, y'all. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Jesus Christ is alive. He has conquered sin and death. And that makes this a great day. In the spirit of winter, lace up your CCM Jet Speed FT6 Pro skates and let's talk sports. Today is an episode on resiliency. In the spirit of resiliency, I decided to go with hockey skates for th- for the shoe of the day. Is a hockey skate a shoe? I don't know. Maybe it's a skate. Maybe it's a shoe. But for today, let's lace them up. I think of hockey players. When I think of resiliency, I think of that guy that just took a puck to the mouth His teeth are laying on the ice. A guy who just got slashed across the face with a stick. He goes back to the locker room. The trainer puts a quick 50, 60 stitches into the gash across his head. And then what does he do? Of course he gets back out there. He's going to make some plays. This is part of Pro Fan League. We make plays. Resiliency. Let's talk about resiliency. The great Rocky Balboa in the movie in 2006, Rocky Balboa, has this quote. Nobody is going to hit as hard as life. It ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. That is how winning is done. In the movie, Rocky is talking to his son about life. In the movie Creed, where Rocky is training Michael B. Jordan, he takes Michael B. Jordan to a mirror in the training room, and he points into the mirror, and he says, the person looking back at you is your toughest opponent in life. These are some interesting lessons from Rocky Balboa, one of Philadelphia's greatest champions, as we think about resiliency. I always think it's kind of funny that we treat Rocky Balboa like he was a heavyweight champion of the world sports fans. Uh, I mean, he's got a statue outside the art museum in Philly. They are iconic movies. That's for sure. It ain't how hard you hit. It's how hard you get hit. And keep moving forward. 
Where are you getting hit in life right now? Where is your resilience being tested? The definition of resilience is the ability to bounce back from a negative experience or a difficult challenge. We see examples of resilience in sport nearly every day. Right now, we're on the verge of playoff football. You'll see a struggle on the field. Maybe a team will fall behind. And then they will come roaring back and win the game. Lamar Jackson of the Baltimore Ravens is 1-3 in his playoff football career. He hears the voices in the media right now asking, can Lamar Jackson win the big game? He's being squeezed by the pressure of the franchise and a new contract he just signed. This is where football legacies and Hall of Fame resumes are made this time of the year. Their regular season accomplishments have earned them the right to play in the knockout tournament. And it starts this weekend. Resiliency. Part of the definition of resiliency, an example that I that I read was a rubber ball. You squeeze a rubber ball and it it takes a different form, but as soon as you let it go, it bounces right back to its original form. It's resilient. About four years ago, the summer of 2020, my dad, my brother, and uh, two of my sons, we went to the Adirondacks for a, a long weekend in New York, and we did some hiking. We decided to hike up one of the, the high peaks in the Adirondacks uh, called Cascade Mountain. It peaks at 4,098 feet, and from the bottom of the trail to the top, you're looking at an elevation gain of about 1,940 feet, 4.8-mile hike. We decided to do this with a 5-year-old boy and a 7-year-old boy. We get there like 8 o'clock in the morning, anticipating a two and a half to three hour hike. And we get on the trail, and about 25 minutes into the hike, I knew this was not going to go quite as well as we had thought it out in our minds. My five year old was trying his hardest but starting to want to do other things like not hike anymore after 30 minutes my 7 year old had his face set and he wanted to give it his best shot so we keep hiking at about a half mile into this 2.4 mile hike I realized that my five-year-old, if we didn't intervene, it was going to take us a really long time. So, I hoisted him onto my back, and we started hiking faster. 
about three and a half hours later, we peaked Cascade Mountain. I carried him for about two of the 2.4 miles, and I was feeling tired. Sitting on top of Cascade Mountain, looking at the view, beautiful view, overlooks Lake Placid. Lake Placid, Miracle on Ice, 1980 U.S. hockey team. Check out the Swinging a Torch blog. You can catch some video there as an example of a Mo Quake moment. We're overlooking Lake Placid, Cascade Mountain, and what happens? We see the gray clouds start rolling in. What do you know? A classic Adirondack rainstorm pulling in. I'm sitting there thinking, this is a beautiful view. We have to get back down this mountain. So, put the young fella back on my back. No pack, just him holding on to me and me holding on to him. And we start walking down. So, Cascade Mountain, the trail in many areas uh, is kind of like carved out. So when it rains, the water flows down into the trail and it turns it into pretty much like a bona fide stream, mud. And we're coming down this mountain in the rain and every single step was a trial coming down that mountain with my son on my back. Now, it's a great memory. I'm glad we did it. It was a test of resilience. How hard can you get hit and keep moving forward? My seven-year-old took a turn on my brother's back for a little while, but he kept going. My dad kept going. We all made it down that mountain in the rain that day. Sometimes attitudes, my own, was a little tense. I was feeling the burn. Of the 4.8 miles of the round trip hike, I probably carried my five-year-old for four of them on my back that day. And I look back at it now, and it was a test, physically and mentally. Wet, cold, dirty, weight on my back, rain falling down. What took a number of people, a lot of people passed us on the trail that day, doing this hike in about two hours. Two and a half hours. It took us nearly six and a half hours to accomplish that hike. And just had to keep moving. We had to stay focused. Had to take it one step at a time. When I fell down into the mud, just had to get back up and keep moving forward. My brother was encouraging me. My dad was encouraging me. My son's were encouraging me and we did it together right alone we die that's a profane league principle we need community it's a great memory now for my dad my brother myself and my sons sometimes we talk about it 
my uh, my one son, sometimes I'll look at him and say, remember when you carried me up a mountain when you were five years old? And, uh, man, I love them. I love them all. Would I do it again? I do not think I would recommend going up Cascade Mountain with a five-year-old or a seven-year-old. It was one of those things where it taught me a lot of lessons, and I think about them. I come back to those lessons. I learned about myself. I learned about my own heart that day. I don't think I would like to do it again. But if we had to do it again, just like God gave me strength that day, and we worked together to get the job done, I have faith that he'd give me strength again. Resiliency. Getting hit. Moving forward. I, growing up, played uh, soccer for a number of years, played uh, on some travel soccer teams, played a year of football in middle school, and by God's grace, I had the opportunity to participate in a number of championship games in those years of my life, in middle school, like late elementary school, we're playing pretty competitive soccer. Um, I was not a starter. I sat on the bench a lot in, in all the sports. Like I was good enough to make the team, not good enough to play that much. It's all good. Got to experience a number of championship uh, experiences. By God's grace in my you know, youth sports career, really irrelevant. But as we're talking about Resiliency. I want to point something out as we're thinking about playoff football. What does it take to win? What does it take to accomplish goals, micro missions, macro missions, see the big why? When it gets hard, what does it take? In my sporting experience, and then even playing intramural sports and uh, playing a lot of sports in college, nothing at the varsity level. What I have realized is the team that has the most players on it in a playoff setting, the team that has the most players on it who love to play the game will often prevail when the odds are stacked against you and there's hardship and the game gets hard. As a youth soccer player, we would play in a lot of tournaments that lasted a whole weekend. So to win the whole thing, you're looking at probably having to win five or six games. There were times in those experiences where I walked onto the soccer field and I could sense that the other team was sick of playing soccer and just wanted to go home. They were satisfied with getting to the championship game and they were looking for pizza and ice cream. They were done playing soccer. I could feel that as a competitor. I guarantee you, right now, there are some guys in the NFL, they'll never say it out loud, but there are some players getting ready to play playoff football this weekend whose body hurts, whose minds are tired, and they're ready for the season to be over. And it will show on the field 
Like I said, they will never say it, but their opponent will be able to sense it. Like I said, I'm not claiming that I was this tremendous athlete, but these are observations that I'm making from playing in a lot of athletic competitions in in my life. Not as many as some, but fair to say, probably over 100 games or so at some level, maybe 200 games in various sports, you can sense when your opponent doesn't love the game. When they're just there because they're supposed to be. And especially in a championship setting, that fuels your own hunger for a championship when you do love the game. And by love of the game, I mean you're willing to work at it when no one's watching. You're willing to go out and do the drills when you're all alone. You show up to practice early and you stay late because it's not about the winning. It's not about the glamour of putting on the varsity jacket. It's not about the paycheck. It's about you simply were made to do it. And that's why I talk about the macro and micro goals and looking at where your strengths and what God has put into your body. What are you working with? What do you love to do? Because when things get hard, what you love to do or the importance of the mission you're on is what allows you to pull through to the end. When I was hiking down Cascade Mountain, I knew I had to get my boys down the mountain. There were no other options. The importance of the mission is what was pulling me like a magnet through the hardship. I think the Apostle Paul in the Bible is a tremendous example of resilience. Apostle Paul appointed by Jesus Christ to share the good news of Jesus with the world. On the road to Damascus, Jesus appeared to Paul. Paul was blind for a few days. He repented of his sin. He believed that Jesus was a savior and he spends the rest of his life sharing the good news of Christ. And in 2 Corinthians, he gives some accounts of the things that he went through to share the good news of Jesus Christ. He talks about being beaten. He talks about being hungry. He talks about being cold. He talks about enduring riots and prison. In 2 Corinthians 11.24, he says, Five times I received at the hands of the Jews the 40 lashes less one. That's 39 lashes. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I was adrift at sea. On frequent journeys in danger from rivers, danger from robbers, danger from my own people, danger from Gentiles, danger in the city, danger in the wilderness, danger at sea, danger from false brothers, in toil and hardship through many a sleepless night, in hunger and thirst, often without food, in cold and exposure. 
And apart from the other things, there is the daily pressure on me of my anxiety for all the churches. Did you hear all that hardship from 2 Corinthians eleven twenty four? But Paul, compelled by the amazing Savior Jesus Christ, had a clear mission. Share the good news of Jesus Christ risen and reigning alive, offering forgiveness for sin. His mission was so compelling that he endured all of those hardships to keep moving forward. What are areas in your life right now where it's hard? We all have them. I have them. I am not talking to you today from an ivory tower. There are areas in my life, experiences that I'm going through right now that are hard. And I pray to the Lord for contentment and endurance and resilience. That I will not be derailed quickly by a little bit of turbulence or even a lot of turbulence that I can stay focused on the Lord, focused on what he's called me to do, engaging hardship with faith and courage that what God has called us to do, he will give us grace to accomplish. Jesus Christ has given those who believe in him the Holy Spirit as a helper The body of Christ, the ability to pray, the word of God, the local church. All of these things helping us to move forward through hardships. Are we engaging them? Are you trying to do things on your own, out of your own strength today? If you are, I would encourage you to ask for help. If you are not part of a local church, if it's been a long time, maybe you believe in Jesus and it's been a long time since you were engaged faithfully in a local church, I would encourage you to go back, talk to a pastor. The local church is an amazing thing. Jesus Christ is building the church. There are no perfect people in a church. There's only one perfect man and his name is Jesus and he was also God. Give the local church another go. Give it some grace. How much grace has been poured out upon us by Jesus Christ? Resilience. Being able to get hit and continuing to move forward. In Philippians 3 Paul talks about pressing on toward the goal to win the prize. Now, he's talking about winning the prize found in Christ Jesus. He's talking about faithfully setting our eyes on the kingdom that's coming and sharing the good news of Christ, enduring the hardships with the crown that Jesus will give to his followers in full view. And I do not want to diminish that because so many of the things that we're going through in life are not as important as the crown of life that Jesus will give to his followers on that beautiful day where he returns. 
But we have been given these lives, and we are stewards of our time, talent, and resources. So, where do we need to be resilient? Where are you overcoming obstacles to press on toward the goal today? Who's on your team? Are you surrounding yourself with players who are resilient? Who love the game? Who aren't quick to make excuses? When you look in the mirror at yourself, what are you saying to yourself? Are you clinging to God's promises? Or is your internal dialogue full of truth? Or do you slander yourself? I'm not talking about some sort of uh, rah-rah self-help book stuff. I'm talking about there are things in the Bible that God says are true of those who believe in Christ. And if you don't believe in Christ, that God says are true of people who, do, who can, who will believe in Christ. I'm saying, are you saying to yourself God's truths? Or are you cluttering up your own mind with a lot of lies? Are there things that have happened in your past 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago that you're still carrying? That affects our ability to be resilient. If Lamar Jackson can't process this weekend's game without cluttering up his focus with failures from the past going to be a challenge to win it's time to press on move past it it's a new day resiliency how hard can you get hit and keep moving forward rocky balboa that's how winning is done that's how winning is done he says gotta love it A great example of resiliency in sports that as I'm getting older, I'm appreciating more tennis, tennis majors. We are halfway through the Australian Open. Uh, They're playing round three, moving into round four over the weekend. There's seven rounds, seven rounds to win the Australian Open. It's the first major on the tennis calendar. It's going on right now. Teen Sensation Coco Golf has advanced. The heavyweights are still in on the men's side. Djokovic, Alcaraz, trying to move their way towards an opportunity for a major championship to open the year. Coco Golf is sponsored by New Balance. New Balance has started to fill out quite a slate for their shoes. They've got Coco Golf, they've got Shohei Otani, got Kawhi Leonard. It's no joke. They've got some talent on the uh, on the New Balance shoe roster. The Australian Open is the first of the four majors. The next major after the Australian Open in the world of tennis will be the French Open, which is played May into early June. The French Open they play on clay courts. Then Wimbledon takes place uh, June into July. They play Wimbledon on grass courts. 
And then the U.S. Open takes place in August. They play those on hard courts. The Australian Open is played on a hard court as well. So, if you've never followed tennis closely, there's a little education on the tennis majors. The first one taking place right now. I was also looking through the box scores for the for the Australian Open, and there's a young lady who plays tennis from Australia named Storm Hunter. If that doesn't uh, present an opposing opponent when you step onto the court, who you playing today? Storm Hunter. Whew. If you fancy yourself a, ten- a tennis storm as her opponent, she's hunting you. She's a storm hunter. Fearless. I think a twister. Tornado coming. Most people run away. Storm Hunter hops in her pickup truck and runs right toward it. Resilience. She's actually unranked, but who knows? I mean, she's playing professional tennis. Good for her. What a name. Storm Hunter. In hockey action, last night, Austin Matthews just dumped in another hat trick. Ho-hum. A quick three. Light the lamp as the Maple Leafs win. That is his fourth hat trick of the season. Also prevailing last night, Boston Bruins, Tampa Bay Lightning, Las Vegas Golden Knights, Philadelphia Flyers, among others. They all skated to victory last night. CCM Jet Speed FT6 Pros. I don't know if anybody was wearing them, but uh, Jet Speed. Some reminders as we wrap up the show. We've got playoff football this weekend. Saturday, Texans and the Ravens play. Packers and the Niners play. Sunday, Buccaneers-Lions and the Chiefs and the Bills. Those are four quality matchups for playoff football. I'm sure there'll be a lot to talk about Tuesday around those. I do hope that the Lions get to the NFC Championship. That would be fun to see. That environment was really cool. I would encourage you to check out the Swinging a Torch blog if you have some time. Snowy day, snowy weekend. Getting amped up for playoff football. On Swinging a Torch this week, I did a MoQuake version to help people understand what a MoQuake moment is. So, check out the Swinging a Torch blog. There's two examples of a MoQuake moment there. If you haven't checked out our January business spotlight, Thread Therapy, Go there, you'll find the links, you'll find information about Tim Hedges and what he does. Don't forget, hashtag ProFanView. If you have a picture of yourself at a sporting event this year, I set up the hashtag on Twitter. Hit it with a, a picture of your view from your seat at the stadium. Hashtag ProFanView or email it to me at Gibbs at ProFanLeague.com. In the coming weeks, I'll get them on the website. If you don't want your face in the picture, don't take a selfie. Just send me your view. If you're willing to have your name and where you're from, first name and the city, that's great. Include it. If not, that's fine. Hashtag ProFanView. I'm excited to see what's coming. We've already got a few collected. I wanted also 
to mention. Big Mo, the Lancaster Thunder mascot, official mascot of Pro Fan League. Uh, Mo is short for momentum. Big momentum, right? So when I say a Mo Quake moment, I'm talking about a tangible shift in momentum in the short in, in a game. It's clear a team is picking up speed. Pro Fan League is picking up speed. There's momentum. Big Mo. Finally, it's 25 days till spring training. Only 25 days till baseball is back, y'all. That takes you to February 14th, where the Yankees have pitchers and catchers reporting. Uh, February 23rd is actually where most of the players will be back, but we'll take it. We'll take the early date. 25 days to spring training. Get pumped. Thank you for spending some time with Pro Fan League today. If you have a moment, please give us a like or a share on your social media, a verbal share with your friends and family. Give us a thumbs up on Spotify and Apple. Your reviews help. Please give a five-star review. I'm cheering for you. Go make plays. We are not just fans. Check out ProFanLeague.com, the Swinging a Torch blog. Have a great Friday, a safe weekend. God bless. Lord willing, talk to you on Tuesday.